0: Well, thank you so much for joining me. After a long hiatus, I am very excited to bring back the Productive Living Recurring Series, in which I speak with women who have special expertise and insights to share in various areas that reflect components of a life that matters. In this episode, I'll be sharing with you my conversation with coach, nutritionist, podcaster, and author, Angela Sharina as part of the newly resumed Productive Living series. You'll find more information about Angela, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 462. This episode is brought to you by Calm. You know, stressful deadlines, long hours, and the pressures of juggling family and social life can take a toll on our mental health. With Calm, you can get in-the-moment relief from everyday sources of stress and anxiety so you can show up feeling refreshed and ready to tackle any challenge. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation, giving you the power to calm your mind and change your life. Now, Calm recognizes that each one of us faces unique challenges in our daily lives, that mental health needs differ from person to person, and that time for meditation and things like that may vary. And since self-care practices are so deeply personal, Calm strives to provide content that caters to your preferences and needs. Their meditations range from focuses on anxiety and stress, relaxation and focus, to building habits and taking care of your physical well-being. They have sleep stories with hundreds of titles to choose from, including sleep meditations and calming music that will have you drifting off to dreamland quickly and naturally. They even have expert-led talks on topics such as tips for overcoming stress and anxiety, handling grief, improving self-esteem, caring for relationships, and more. And the Calm app puts the tools you need to feel better in your back pocket. If you go to calm.com slash TPW, you can take advantage of a special offer of 40% off a Calm Premium subscription, and new content is added every week so you can stress less, sleep more, and live better with Calm. Now, as I've often said, I'm especially grateful for Calm Sleep Stories, which help me get to sleep. I have a soft headband with built in Bluetooth speakers that I bought from Amazon for about $15 that I can comfortably wear to bed so I can listen to any calm sleep story from the app on my phone or iPad, whether I'm at home or at a hotel, without disturbing anybody else. But I also enjoy the 10-minute daily calm-guided meditations. One of my favorite narrators on calm is Tamara Levitt. Today, she narrated a daily calm with some thoughts on confidence and self-doubt that I found very encouraging. So again, for listeners of this show, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription. That's the one I have, and I really enjoy it. Just go to calm.com slash tpw, that's c-a-l-m.com slash tpw for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. Once again, that's calm.com slash tpw. And now let's get right into my conversation with Angela. I am delighted to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Angela Sharina. Angela is a coach whose approach combines current knowledge from researchers and experts and her own experience from multiple disciplines, including integrative health, brain nutrition, fitness, sleep, Stress resilience, which I want to hear about, uh, neuroscience, flow states, and high performance to help change makers make bigger impact and at the same time have a higher quality of life. In addition to her coaching practice, Angela is an author of a book called Fit and Focused Brain Body Blueprint for Remote Pros and Digital Nomads. She's host of Your Brain's Coach podcast, and she offers an online 12-week group coaching program to help ambitious entrepreneurs over 40 dial in all aspects of health, fitness, and stress resilience to build a strong foundation for success and high quality of life in the upcoming decades. I've really been looking forward to talking with Angela about how all those things can affect our own productivity, whether we're entrepreneurs or not. So welcome, Angela. Thank you so much, Laura, for having
1: me. I'm really excited to be on your podcast and to have an opportunity to share with your listeners, the the message, the tools, uh, and my philosophy on productivity to make our life meaningful and to make the world better.
0: I love that. So I I gave a little bit of a sort of professional introduction to who you are, but maybe you could uh, start by telling us a little more about who you are, where you are, what you do, uh, anything you think might be useful for us to know about you as we get into this conversation. Yeah, sure. Thank you for the question,
1: Laura. Um, As you, you know, uh, stated the question just now, like, what? Who am I actually? Where do I start to uh, kind of give our listeners a better picture of uh, a context, better context for our conversation today? My career started, uh, so to speak, as a um, information technology. Professional economist, and then it quickly transitioned into coaching. I started in fitness in um, health nutrition um, recovery sleep just covered a lot of disciplines and then transitioned into productivity and flow states and neuroscience um that's kind of professional side of things uh, in a nutshell um but then personally, I've been a digital nomad for the past Well, I was a digital nomad for 15 years of my life and just quite recently, a few months ago, decided to settle down in one place. And I'm originally from Russia, lived in 15 different countries and now settled in Cape Town, South Africa. I think since I was a teenager, I was curious about this question or pursuit of this question. What is human potential and how can we unlock more of it? How can we express in this life more of it and serve this, make this potential serving to whatever vision or mission or um, goal we have for our life? And my whole life been in the pursuit of this question. So that's, um, yeah, I think the most important, like the highlights of my journey so far.
0: And that's so interesting to me. There's so much there in what you've just said and what I've learned about you in preparing to talk with you uh, that I want to talk about. I want to dig into all of that. Before we do that and talk about some of the things you've just mentioned, I want to maybe get a little context for you personally, how you get things done that are important to you, um, how you are productive in the way that you want to be to accomplish the things that you're trying to do. So uh, maybe start with, if there is such a thing for you as a typical day, what might that look like? Yes, great
1: question, Laura. Typical day. I purposefully created a typical day for myself, so to speak, because when you work for yourself, and I work for myself, like most of my life you have the flexibility to basically do whatever you want with your life with your day even though it sounds good but in practicality if you don't have set hours and routines it feels like a chaos like things are all over the place all the time and you don't know what to do and when to do it and uh, how to prioritize things. So early in my journey, I had to create a sort of typical day for me. Okay. This is the, the things I do in the morning. And then this are the things I do in the afternoon. And this is the things I do in the evening. Obviously as any human being, we also change and we try things and some things work better. Some things don't work that well. And so you kind of figure out what, your idea day what your typical day should look like or when it looks like this you are more productive more fulfilled so for me what I learned is a few things that are important in my day it's important for me to start my day with time to myself have an hour when I meditate when I do a little bit of movement when you know I drink my water I take shower look at my schedule just have this space at the beginning of my day to think about what's this the this whole day is about when it comes to my schedule, my uh, things accomplished, productivity, et cetera. And then usually the first part of the day till about 12 p.m., it's time dedicated to things that require the most of my focus and creativity because I'm the morning person and I know that very challenging work, it has to be done in the morning. Otherwise, the quality is not going to be the same and probably it's going to take a lot longer if I do it at any other hour. And so first hours of the morning, Okay, I wake up usually around 5 a.m. and then I have my uh, routine. And then at 6 a.m. I do a couple of hours of work, like the most challenging task to get done then. And then I have a little bit of a break when I have my breakfast, when uh, I usually walk outside. And then I continue working on those challenging tasks till uh, afternoon when I have my break, um, usually a workout, maybe walk outside. And then the second part of the day is dedicated to my clients, to to business-related things, to anything that might come up. And then, obviously, I have dinner um, somewhere around 6 p.m., and then after that, I dedicate time to social life or learning, reading, um, etc. And now I think I'm a pretty routine person, and that allows me to actually have a lot of like chaotic things, a lot of flexibility, and still feel like I'm on top of things, like I'm very productive and I know exactly when everything is going to get done.
0: Yeah, I like that. I think there's some value in having a routine and that you've established, even if you have to deviate from it because something comes up. There's a, a comfort, I think, in knowing you can come back to it. Uh, you deal with the the chaos or the crisis or or just you know whatever happens uh, that's out of the ordinary, and then you can just come right back to the routine that can provide some structure, even when life is kind of chaotic.
1: Yeah, and you know I think a lot of people think that there are so many things out of your control, but when you start working on that, you realize that actually no, if I really commit myself to creating a routine for for myself to take care of, of me and prioritize things, a lot of things fall into place exactly where you want them to fall. Mm. Once you get more committed to your routine, the world kind of adapts to that. And you realize that a lot of things that you thought were important to do, let's say in the morning, they're actually not. And if you reply to that email in the afternoon, everything's gonna go just as well. But for you personally, actually even better.
0: Yeah, I I think that's right. And I would say, you know, as as someone who has raised five kids, my, my children are all adults now, even kids can adapt to routines. I tried to establish routines for my kids when they were younger. I felt like it provided them with a sense of security Not that it was rigid at, you know, at 9.05, we're going to do this. And then at, Mm -hmm. at, you know, 9.25, we're going to do this other thing. (laughs) But just general routines of this is how our morning typically goes and throughout the day so that they knew what to expect. I feel like sometimes we can let other people derail us when it doesn't need to happen that way.
1: Yes, uh, exactly. You know, that's exactly what I meant. And then, of course, as you as you said, you know, things happen, life happens, and things will not go always according to your routine. That's what life is. You know, it, it just happens. Mm-hmm. It just goes as it is. But you still, as you said, you mentioned, you know, in the beginning of the podcast, you feel more stability because you know you can... Always, and you will come back to that routine to that balance, kind of like you know, go, wintering out and traveling, and then but you still have a base, a home that you can come back to.
0: Yeah, they they sort of provide the guardrails, like on a bridge, if you're going out over a bridge over a high ravine or something, and there are no guardrails. Uh, That's very disconcerting and and feels very unsafe. But just having the guardrails on either side uh, provide you with a little bit of a sense of safety and security. And to me, that's what routines and those sorts of things can do for us. You can deviate from them. You're not bound to them, you hold them loosely, but just having, having something there can provide a sense of security that allows us to move a little faster and do, Mm -hmm. do a little more without feeling kind of insecure and unsafe. Yeah. As you were describing your day I noticed you talking about the fact that you know when you are the most creative and when you're the most able to focus, and that helps you structure your day in a way that that lets you get the things done you need to do. So being aware of that, I think, is really valuable. Yes, and
1: actually, you know, that's part of the my work with clients is helping them to reflect on that where, when I'm actually at my best and how can I create more of that time of this type of activities that allow me to be at my best. Because at the end of the day, we serve the world when we are at our best. Mm. So if you can spend majority of your time and energy there, you're not only benefiting you, you're also benefiting the world and your vision.
0: And that seems to be a theme that runs through Uh, the materials that you have on your website, that it's it's about having your best life, so to speak, but also contributing your best to the world. Mm -hmm. Talk about that a little bit, because that seems to be a real key component of the work that you're doing.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Alora, for noticing that. Uh, It is a key component for me. It kind of defines my whole life and work and everything. You mentioned, you know, that productivity uh, for listeners of this podcast and maybe for you personally is about living the life that matters. And I believe that I Mm -hmm. can say that I so connect to the same message and for me productivity as well is getting closer to that living the life that matters but what it means and how you know it connects to kind of to mission to vision to your service to the world is that imagine as a kid probably all of us had this activity when we would try to put a puzzle together like you would buy a picture right and separate the pieces and you would try to put all the pieces together to create that picture so for me living a life that matters living a meaningful life means figuring out where do you fit in how do you contribute to this picture this bigger picture of the world of the universe in your unique way so you feel like you were in the exact spot where you need to be to make this whole picture complete. That's going kind to of inspire all of the work that I do to help people to get closer to that and express the, their genius in that way. And also for me, that's what it means to live the life that matters mm-hmm. and have a meaningful life experience. It's like, you know, you find your place, you fit in and you serve, you like, Become this best piece of a puzzle Mm -hmm. for for that specific picture.
0: I love that. And as you're describing that, I'm thinking about how easy it is for us in our day-to-day lives, each one of us to sort of lose sight of that bigger picture in just trying to get through the day and get, you know, get things taken care of, whether it's personal, projects or managing our home or our career or our children or all the things that we're trying to do. It's really easy for our focus to get narrowed down to just what's right in front of us in this moment of this day and lose sight of that bigger picture of where we fit in the world and how we can, you know, have an impact on the world at large, you know, whatever element of the world we're trying to impact. How do you... Or do you, when you're working with your clients or just in your own life, talk about that? How do you address that sort of difficulty maybe of getting past the immediate needs to to think about that bigger picture?
1: Thank you for a very insightful question, Laura. And when I start working with my clients, um, we always start with creating a goal, a vision. Yes, for our coaching, but also for their life. And I believe part of the reason why my clients hire me is actually helping them to create that space where they can actually now work on that. Mm-hmm. When they feel like they've been overwhelmed, like they've been neglecting their, perhaps their personal life, their like internal life, where they've been neglecting themselves and they feel disconnected from life. Yes, they want to work on like productivity and energy, et cetera. But I also believe a big part of it is just paying someone and having, so to speak, a reason to show up for yourself every week and talk about what actually matters to you mm-hmm. as an individual, as a person internally right? on a deeper level. Um, and through our, like every conversation, every call, we get back, especially when my clients are like struggling with something, we get back to that vision. I actually, at the beginning, I give them exercise uh, that, walks them through creating a vision of their ideal life and ideal self that they see themselves, you know, living this beautiful life experience. And so whenever they struggle with something, I ask them to get back to that vision and see if that thing that they struggle with aligned with that vision or not. Mm. And so if something is misaligned we uh, we work on eliminating that minimizing that and, and if something is aligned then we're working on how can we make it bigger how can we make it better how yeah how can we uh, create more of this in uh, in in their life
0: that's a lifelong journey isn't it It's not something you just do once and it's done you create this vision and then you just go make it happen
1: <laughs> no yeah
0: and, and I think, you know, to your point, there is real value in uh, whether it's hiring a coach or finding a mentor or just a friend who will be an accountability partner. Uh, there's so much value in having somebody else involved in that process with you because mm-hmm. we will do things for someone else that we won't do for ourselves. And so just knowing that I'm going to have to report back to someone, whether it's a coach or a or a therapist, or a, a, a good friend who's your accountability partner, or whoever it might be, mm-hmm. because you've made that appointment with that person you to talk with them, it, it almost forces you, in a way, to keep that commitment to yourself to make time to think about these things. Yes.
1: You know, you're so right, Laura. It's it's about that accountability, uh, creating this appointment. And um, also, I believe, this the journey taken with someone is central to our lives as human beings. What I mean by that is when we're kids, we have, you know, schooling, we have our parents, we have we have some sort of guidance. And then when we're adults, we're kind of like, well, I'm done with that, right? Now I'm on my own. Mm-hmm. Don't need any anyone, no accountability, no guidance, no one to talk to about what actually matters to me and what to do with my life i personally believe that's not the case we still need it and we thrive Mm -hmm. with accountability and guidance uh, from you know someone who cares about us and our adult life just happened to not having that by design and so that's why people uh, try to find it either in a form of the coach and mentor or you know just someone who they um, work on things or talk about things
0: yeah. And and I, I just don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think there's a whole lot of value in that. I've had coaching myself. I've been a participant in mastermind groups. We have our Productive Woman mastermind groups. Uh, about once a year, I, I host groups that uh, talk about these sorts of things and make that space to take a breath, you know, kind of step away from the craziness that life can sometimes look like and have a little bit of time to think about these things that matter to us and get our bearings a little bit. So I think that's great. I found something on your website that I found very intriguing, where it says that in your work, you, and I'm quoting here from the site, because just was an interesting statement to me, you translate the neuroscience of high performance and productive brain states into workflow and workplace design, nutrition, lifestyle, And behavior protocols to help drive desired results consistently faster. To me, this sounds like a very holistic approach to creating a meaningfully productive life. And I would love to hear a little more about what all that means to you. What is it that all these things have to do with results in our life and a a meaningfully productive life?
1: Quite some time ago, you know, working as a coach, I realized. Uh, through learning from other people in my experience, that human beings are sort of feedback loop type of mechanism, uh, if I if I can say so. What it means is we, for example, know that when we are focused, we are the most productive. Neuroscience tells us, focus is a state in the brain that is created when we have certain chemistry, like certain neurotransmitters hormones, etc. But we also know that these hormones and this chemistry is affected by uh, things like what we eat, what's our lifestyle like, like sleep, uh, stress management, our uh, movement, our nutrition, and also it's affected by The environment that we're in, like where you sit, uh, how does your workplace look like, Uh, how much light it has, what do you see out of your window? Another thing is our self-talk. How do we uh, start working on things? Do we set goals? What kind of goals we have? All of that gonna affect that brain-body chemistry and that's gonna either, for example, help us create more focus or can prevent us from getting into that focus state you know the most productive state for the brain. So I, I look at this like neuroscience research and then at all the particles that are known to me that lead to boost of that state, like focus. And I help people to align their environment and behavior and nutrition and lifestyle choices to get that state. To give you an example, we know that certain molecules in the brain needed for focus are made of amino acid or parts of protein, right? I'm a nutritionist also. And so I look at this fact, I'm like, okay, so in order to create the state, we need to have sufficient protein. So if my client doesn't eat enough protein for breakfast, let me help them correct that and giving them a little bit of sense so they understand how it works. And then my clients try it and like, ah, oh, you know, now I feel like the focus is much easier in the morning and also in the afternoon, I don't yawn. For a lot of people, it's not related. Focus and what you had for breakfast. For me, because I know about all these different areas and how they intersect, I actually know that what you have for breakfast has a direct effect on how productive, creative, and focused and energized you are.
0: And so those things really do all tie together. So to get kind of into a, a more practical application of that, what should we be eating for breakfast then if we want to have good focus uh, on whatever our work is for the day?
1: Yeah, so I already mentioned one thing is uh, eating enough protein, especially for women. You know, women I work with very often, and you think in almost like a struggle, um, a lot of women, for, for whichever reason, don't like to sometimes eat pro- breakfast and very often definitely not protein-rich breakfast, uh, something that um, like, I don't know, a piece of chicken or a fish or you know, a few eggs or Greek yogurt that that are rich in protein. They're like, oh, I just have some, I don't know, coffee and maybe a piece of uh, pastry or something like that. So yeah, th- that protein, that is important. And there is specific number that health and neuroscience research assess that person needs to have in order to optimize that brain chemistry or focus. It's like 30 or 40 grams and for a lot of clients, I recommend either, again, Greek some get some Greek yogurt, get some protein shake, or put some protein in their smoothie. Uh, so that is like the most important part, the protein part, because again, certain chemicals in the brain need for focus, for alertness, need that protein. And then the second most important thing for a lot of people, people will do better with some sort of carbohydrates in their breakfast. But here's the thing. If, for example, somebody has refined carbohydrates, something like a sugary stuff, or something like a white flour pastry, for a lot of people, especially as we all get older, our metabolism doesn't get better, it usually gets worse. So that will cause blood sugar fluctuation. And that Will not allow the brain to stay in deep focus for many hours. Like blood sugar has to be balanced if a person wants to stay focused and even get into this most productive flow state. And so, instead of refined sugars, we need to get some whole food carbohydrate. Maybe some fruit. Uh, maybe something like oatmeal, right? So that is whole food source. And for most people, if they get both of those in their breakfast they're gonna feel fantastic but another thing is not having anything like processed like fried foods or you know chips or anything like that uh, if somebody has that that also might create this uh, roller coaster of blood sugar and also uh, different inflammatory markets so that's kind of a little bit deep nutrition but again two basic things eat your protein and have your carbohydrates in whole foods without added sugars and also by the way like Fruit juice is also an added sugar, so if somebody has a a glass of orange juice, I always recommend eat your orange, drink your water, and that would work for the brain much better because of fiber and the effect it has on blood sugar.
0: So what we eat matters. Those of us who have you know tasks to do that require us to be very focused and and attentive to what we're doing. Uh, need to be thinking about what we're putting into our bodies in the morning. What are some other things that you talk with your clients about or that, that you've written about that can help us if we want to be better able to maintain focus and, and get into you know, what you've, you talk in some of your materials about, a flow state, in addition to the things that we're eating, what other things matter?
1: What kind of a new thing you think that not that many people know about but again it's all based on very solid neuroscience research is viewing in the first couple of hours of sunrise time so let's say if you're in US right now what time is your sunrise usually uh,
0: where you're Uh it's uh, sometime between 6:30 and 7 where i am
1: okay so let's say it's the sunrise it's 6:30 so in between 6:30 and 8:30 in the morning you need to get outside and get some sunlight in your eyes without sunglasses, regular glasses are okay. The reason is there are certain wavelengths of light outside in those first couple of hours of sunrise that have special information for our brain that is transmitted through our eye receptors that, so to speak, turns on our brain and brain chemistry of focus, of drive, of motivation, of getting things done that we need for a productive day. And if we do it later, it doesn't work that well. Scientists call it circadian death window. And if we don't do it at all, and we always spend the whole morning inside, that you know, pandemic made a lot of us into like this indoor creatures that don't get outside all that often. Um, especially, you know, if somebody works from home. So getting outside in those morning early hours and getting that sunlight in your eyes for five, 10 minutes, it changes your brain chemistry. And allows your brain to stay uh, focused and productive, and to also have good quality of sleep at night. And so, this, are, this is another, you know, thing that I teach my clients: like, how do you optimize your again, brain chemistry so focus and productivity is easier? It has a lot to do. I have a lot of protocols around um, health and and lifestyle, just because it's such a fundamental thing to human productivity. But then also, I work on things like mindset and how do you talk to yourself in a way that makes you productive? So, to give you an idea, there is a concept that's called framing, basically means how you look at things or how you talk about things in your life changes the way you approach any task. So let's say if somebody uh, is about to work on a challenging presentation for their talk and they start talking to themselves in a way like, oh, why do I have to do that? I don't want to do that. I don't have energy. I have so many other things to do, right? Why do I have to do that? Now, that talk will be counterproductive. Your brain will literally start changing brain chemistry to give you even less energy, even less creativity, even less motivation to do that thing. That, of course, is not going to help with the goal that you will have to do at some point. So instead, I tell my clients, look at it and talk to yourself and realize that this is your opportunity to grow. This is your opportunity to perhaps move your career further this is the opportunity to contribute to a cause, to a vision. This is the opportunity. Challenge is an opportunity for us to grow, right? Without challenge, nobody grows. We don't develop, we don't learn new things. And so now, when you look at that, so you're like, I'm so excited because through this experience, I'm going to get better, I might get new opportunities, and I'm going to, you know, develop new skill set that's going to further move me forward in my life. And now all of a sudden, your brain chemistry is changed, and your chemistry is more in a state of motivation and giving you energy and giving you creativity, giving you insights. And now you are so much actually better at doing this presentation and going through this challenge. And very often my clients would say, well, before I used to feel this resistance and it felt like it was draining. And now it feels
0: like it's fueling me. So it's the difference between I have to do this and I get to do this. Exactly. You know, I thought about that concept before, but didn't really understand the impact that it has on the actual chemistry of our brain and our ability to work. I get the idea that if we are dreading something and we've sort of talked ourselves into believing that it's too difficult or it's boring or whatever it might be that that makes it more difficult to motivate ourselves but understanding that the way we talk to ourselves actually affects the the our brain uh, chemistry and everything else is an interesting thing to know yes and you know
1: what's even more fascinating like uh, uh, back to the stress resilience that I remember you mentioned at the beginning mm-hmm. uh, what research found is stress, Uh, can actually be either good for us or bad for us. But the difference is not in something that happens in our life. The difference is how we frame the experience for us. So if somebody talks to themselves and says things like, this stress is going to make me stronger, I'm going to be more capable, I'm going to be more knowledgeable, And it's going to help me to deal with even more like challenging or complex situations in life. And that will help me grow. Right. And then the person kind of approaches this stress with almost like motivation and eagerness to work on things as they approach. Now, a different person can be talking to themselves in a way that is more victimized. You say, oh, it's happening to me again, and there is so much stress, there is so much pressure, I'm so overwhelmed, it is so out of my control. And what scientists actually found, that the first type of stress the person is going to experience is going to make them stronger. It's going to change their health for the better. They're going to get more resilient. They're going to get stronger. For the second person, it's actually going to be the opposite. It's going to uh, almost like derail their immune system. It's going to make worse their gut health. Like a lot of things would be in the negative direction compared to that other person who just changed their self-talk about stress.
0: So just changing our perspective on it can make a difference in how it affects us. Yes.
1: And if you if you don't mind, I'm going to tell even better, you know, story or picture there is this book it's called stress prescription and the author of the book one of the chapters is called be the lion and those talks about this experience of two animals lion and gazelle you know lion is chasing its prey its victim its dinner and so they're both experiencing stress but the stress that lion experiences is so much different. It's he's about to get his dinner, right? And the, his whole system, body, and nervous system, just all ramped up to get that dinner. And you know he's excited almost. I don't know if lions get excited, but that <laughs> you know state like pursuing uh, of things. Whereas gazelle, for her, it's life or death situation. It's about to be eaten or killed. It's a different kind of stress, and so. Back to humans, the author says that if you want your stress to be a positive effect in your life, have the attitude of the lion that you are chasing that thing, that challenge.
0: So much to think about there. I appreciate that input or that, that perspective on it because it. I have not been one who has appreciated stress. And so, you know, I'm learning a lesson here that I can uh, apply in my own life to I guess understanding that the the stressor, whatever the stressor is, its effect on me is determined more by my attitude about it mm-hmm. than it is by the, the stressor itself and that I can choose to look for the positive in it and that's something i think we all know you know we've all heard we all kind of understand that having a positive outlook is healthier than having a negative outlook but applying it to stress and this idea of stress resilience is something certainly worth thinking about
1: yes and for me you know when i also read this book and i um, listened to a podcast with the author it um, like a lot of things in, in in my own life in my own experience you know made so much sense and also when now i feel overwhelmed by something i catch myself i stop myself i'm like this is the opportunity for you to grow and to tell life that you're ready for the next stage so buckle up embrace what's coming <laughs> and <laughs> and give it your best makes such a difference.
0: Yeah. Great advice for all of us. Definitely worth thinking about. There's so much of what you've talked about and the work that you do that I'd love to, to go into, but I don't want this to be a three hour long podcast episode. So I guess what I'll turn to now at this point is maybe what's one word or one suggestion you might make to A woman who's listening, or a man for that matter, but a a woman, this is the Productive Woman podcast, a woman who's listening, who's thinking, I would like to maximize my productivity. Uh, I, I would like to kind of get started in that direction of both accomplishing things that are important to me, but also impacting the world in a positive way. Where would you suggest that she start? Maybe what's just one thing that you might suggest for that woman? I believe I suggest
1: and recommend starting exactly where I start with each of my clients. It's top-down approach. First, you gotta understand where you're going. Where do you wanna have, like five, ten, twenty years from now? Where do you wanna end up? What's the picture of the life that you want to live? What's that picture of yourself that you are becoming? And that. Exercise. It will do so many things for productivity because now, each time there are different priorities, there are different projects, there are different to dos. You can simply compare or like look at, at that thing that you gotta do, or a, a lot of things, and just check with that vision which of those align with that vision, and. You'll find that there are not too many things that actually will lead you closer towards that vision. And that will help you to not feel overwhelmed and not be all over the place, but instead dedicate your energy, your attention, your talents towards something that contributes to that meaningful life that you want to build.
0: Great advice. Uh, Before we wrap up, I do want to ask you a question that I ask every guest that's ever been on this podcast, just because it's something that we can all sort of learn from each other. You have the routines set up for your life that you've obviously been very intentional about that. You've studied a lot of these things related to productivity and a meaningful life that you apply in your own life as well as to teach your clients. But with all that in place, Do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you just get stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track?
1: Uh, Such a great question, Laura. I believe everyone gets these days, um, sometimes more of them, sometimes less of them. And I'm definitely no exception. I actually think today was such a day I planned certain things, but then other things happened. And when those things happen, what really helps me is, first of all, change my expectations and reminding myself that your plan is your plan, but life isn't your plan. It's like, you know, men plans got laughs. So expect things to be different. And when you change your expectations, those changes, they no longer trigger stress response. They're like, oh, this thing happened, you know, to be expected, that's life. Um, And then I ask myself, what can I do about this situation that is in my control? Because there are so many things that your mind will start going into, like, oh, this thing happened, what, what am I going to do? What's going to happen, et cetera. There are only a few things, sometimes a couple, or one thing that you can actually control and you can do now, and that's going to affect the situation, right? So what's in my control? What can I do now? And then back to that priority, what's the most important thing now? what's the the outcome that I actually want and then apply my effort where to the things that I can control and do my best and understanding that you know not everything is in my control and that's okay
0: I couldn't agree more I think we really can use up a lot of energy and time and attention focusing on things that we can't do anything about it's a much more effective and efficient use of our time and our energy and attention to turn them to the things that we can control, to look for those things. And then we're able to take action instead of just sort of lamenting all these things that we can't do anything about. So I I love that advice. And uh, Laura, if
1: if I might add something uh, more of a toolkit to deal with overwhelm and you know anxieties that m- might be triggered by like different things in our life, there is um, a very simple technique that again based on neuroscience research—that's why I love neuroscience so much—that works for every single brain out there that switches our brain, our nervous system, from a state of, of fight or flight from stress to rest and digest. And this simple tool is breath work. And what recent neuroscience research showed is that there is specific kind of breath work that seems to be the most effective at activating that switch. Uh, it's called physiological sigh. And it, it's kind of similar to what, how we breathe when we cry or in, in that similar state. And it's double inhale and long exhale. And it sounds like I'm going to try to imitate. And if you think about that, remember the time when you were crying.
0: That's exactly what we do. You're you're absolutely right. We, we kind of take that <laughs> two sucks in of air and then and then blow it out, so we can start yeah. crying some more. Uh, so so that is an effective way. You said of of activating that switch in our mindset. Is that? basically
1: yeah that switch in uh, our nervous system so uh, our nervous system can only exist in two states fight or flight or stress and ready to you know fight or run away or whatever is coming or rest and digest or just calm state where we usually digest food or procreate or engage in other like life sustaining activities and so uh, the way we breathe actually changes the state of that nervous system and we can actively change the way we breathe and affect that state and, again, activate that switch between two states. And what neuroscience research recently found is that this type of um, double inhale and long exhale uh, actually is the best way that the brain already uses to, when we experience a lot of stress to switch our nervous system back to rest and digest and to recover faster.
0: I love that useful bit of information. Well, you have so much to offer, so much information to share. And I suspect that like it has for me, the things we've discussed may have raised lots of other questions for folks in the community who are listening. If someone wants to know more about the things that you're talking about or find out what you're doing, maybe ask you any questions or something, how can they find you? Where can people connect with you online?
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you, Laura, for asking. And um, for me, it's easy. It's my Instagram. It just for me, the easiest way to share in stories, like daily things I do, podcasts I come up with, or events I do. And also, it's um easy way for people to ask questions and see what I'm up to and just yeah, DM me in messages. So, my Instagram is Angela Brain Body Coach, all one word Angela Brain Body Coach.
0: Excellent. All righty. I'll put that in the show notes so that uh, if someone's listening and and driving or something and can't write it down, you'll be able to find it there in the show notes for this episode. Uh, Before we go, Angela, many of the women, maybe most of the women who listen to the Productive Woman podcast are here looking for help and encouragement in getting things done uh, and making a life that matters. Thinking about things like nutrition and lifestyle and neuroscience and all the things we've talked about fit into that objective. Do you have any last words for that woman who might just be looking for a little word of encouragement or a suggestion to help them in their journey? I do have a
1: last word. It's something that I personally believe and why I do the work that I do that inspires the work I do. I believe that every single uh, woman out there has her specific talent gift or a calling, and I believe that's why uh she should well, or must work on her productivity to let herself express that talent that genius that the world needs fuller because I personally as I already uh, you know shared, believe each of us is led is that like piece unique piece of a puzzle that the world needs. And so, the more we're able to uh, express our genius, the more we're able to contribute to that bigger picture of more beautiful, better, um, bigger world.
0: Something that all of us want, I think. Thank you so much, Angela, for, for being here to talk with us today. Thank you so
1: much, Laura, for having me. I really had fun. And yeah, just, it was an amazing conversation.
0: I'm truly grateful to have had the opportunity to talk with Angela and for her thought-provoking insights on a holistic approach to a meaningfully productive life and our role as a piece of the puzzle, as she put it, in making a better world. If you're interested in learning more about the work that Angela is doing, definitely check out her podcast, her website, and maybe even her coaching program if it's right for you. We'll have links to all that in the show notes. I'd love to know what you think about the conversation Angela and I have. Do you have any questions or comments for for Angela or for me? You can share those in the comment section of the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 462, or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. As always, if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's a great place to, to have a conversation about the things that Angela and I talked about. And as always, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can do that by emailing your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Uh, before we go, I do want to say a thank you to a few people who have left some very kind reviews of the Productive Woman podcast lately. For instance, Momoramas from the United States gave us a, a five star review and said, I really enjoy this podcast because it focuses on women. The men's podcast always emphasized how to grow your business. Laura covers all the bases, whether you're retired, a stay-at-home mom, a single person, married, a career woman, or any combination thereof. She offers practical tips and reminders of what we may already know but forget to do. I listen to her broadcast in the morning while taking a walk, and I will often do something she suggested later on in the day. Thanks, Laura. Well, thank you to you, Mama Ramos. And also Jade ARRN from the United States also gave a five-star rating and said, I love how you keep it real and the topics you choose. They're super important ones we all deal with. I would seriously love to have you on the Ready to Rise podcast if you ever want to collab. Well, thank you, uh, Jade ARRN. Let's talk about that. Give me a call and thank you for your kind words. I always appreciate when anyone uh, takes the time to give a review of the podcast and and give me that feedback because I I can learn from it. Uh, Before we go, also remember, for listeners of this podcast, Calm is offering that exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription. Just go to calm.com slash tpw for 40% off. Their entire library. Once again, that's calm.com slash TPW. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Angela. I hope you found something in it that's helpful or encouraging to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself, and go make your life matter.